This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of Love of the Star. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by my co-host, the one and only Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, now co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan Dallas, and co-host of the pre- and post-game show on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Robert. I am about to really start to enjoy this bye week. I always loved I loved them. I loved bye weeks uh, when I was in NFL. I've told people before, when you're working in personnel, if you didn't have to play games, this would be the best job in the world. Just like watch tape, like watch college players have a draft. Oh, on paper, they look pretty good. Well, this is the champion. So, yeah, no, it's a... Uh, it's nice, and I do really believe this buy comes at a great time, and not only for the players and for the coaches and people in the organization, but for the people that cover cover this team. You know, yeah. now you're get, you know we're we're going to get started here, and second half we're going to wake up, and before you know it, we're going to be talking about the Giants on Thanksgiving, and it goes fast. It really, really does, and just to get away for it from it for a, a few days is there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, it's a, it'll be a nice recharge, a, a nice chance to, you know, get the batteries juiced back up. Uh, coming up next segment, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL trade deadline. The yeah. Cowboys don't make a move. I know that disappointed some folks. But here in this first segment, since it is the bye week, uh, we're going to be talking about some broader topics. And it came at just the right time. It, it, we hit right here at the halfway point of the NFL season. So it can be a midway team awards section here like this uh, yeah open the game so so or to open this the show today so uh, i'm gonna run through uh, a few categories here for you brian and and we're gonna hand out some awards here on this team and you guys can let us know if you're listening to this episode uh drop us a review with your answers or tweet at us and give us what your answers are for these uh but let's lead off here with the first one brian offensive player of the year 
for the Cowboys. Who do you got? Is it too easy to vote for Cooper Rush? No, I'm I'm kidding you about it. <laughs> you know, but but I'll say this though, man. Well, and I'm sure there'll be a category for a Cooper Rush. I think you have to say the offensive player of the year, and and likely is the combination of the running backs. Does that make sense right there for you? Sure. And, but yeah, like you can split it between. Yeah, I mean, because I always think of like the young tight ends as one guy, but I do like what these two running backs have done. And, and I'm, yes, I'm the guy that says, you know, keep going with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, keep going with Tony Pollard. I thought there was some interesting commentary that came out of from Patrick Walker at DallasCowboys.com, interviewed Skip Pete, and some interesting comments out of that. If you haven't read that story, yeah, but, but, if you told me offensive MVP or offensive players at the halfway point, I'd have to say it's the Cowboys running backs. And, I, and I'm and i not going to distinguish between the two because I think together they've done a really nice job. So that those are my guys offensively when you, you know, the, you know, the, the carries that, you know, they figured out now how to use Tony Pollard similar to what they do with Ezekiel Elliott. It's no longer Tony Pollard coming in third series in the first half and third series in the second half. And if they go three and out, we don't see Tony Pollard for a while. They have Tony Pollard finishing games. They have Tony Pollard involved with the offense, Ezekiel Elliott. I think these two running backs have done a really, really nice job. And I think one of the reasons why you were able to survive with the Cooper Rush uh, quarterback uh, when he was playing was what your ability to run the football. Defense was big, but your ability to run the football, I think, was really important this time around. I'm going to go outside the box because obviously we've had some struggles on offense here in the first half of the season. It hasn't always been pretty. I'm going to go with the guy that I think has been the most consistent player on offense. I'm going to go Terrence Steele. That's my offensive player of the first half. I think he provided stability there at right tackle that that was much needed. Um, he played well at times, better, I think, in, in certain games than even Zach Martin did. Um, and so, so those games that in the past, if Zach Martin played poorly, you were probably losing that football game um, because it, it was such a detriment. But he has been an elite-level run blocker, I feel like, out there at right tackle. And he is a about a league average, I think, pass blocker yeah i know that you're you're absolutely right about that i and as people who follow our show and listen to it and we thank you for doing that i threw a lot of dirt on that kid i threw a ton of dirt on that kid and i've told you i felt like he was a good run blocker questionable pass blocker but he's more than a questionable pass blocker i i think there's some if you grade him 65 plays like i always say you know 63 of them are going to be really good and there's gonna be sixty. There's gonna be two of them, or three of them, where you cover your eyes, and you're like going, "Oh, they got away with one there." But I, you know, when you start to talk about the way he's played, the way the offensive line has played, and there was a lot of questions after that Tampa game. Sure. Of really, how good could this line be, and is it going to be a detriment going forward? I like what you did with your vote there with Terrence Steele. Let's go defensive side of the ball. I feel like this one's probably pretty easy, but Brian brought us your defensive player of the year for the Cowboys through the first half. Well, you know, it's obviously you could say Micah Parsons for sure. You know, that's the way. But, you know, you you look at what others have done along the way. Uh, Adorns Armstrong and what he's done. You look at what Tank has done. You know, for, I mean, those types of players, uh, 
man, Deron Bland playing a couple of times like he's played. I know it's not defensive player of the year with a guy that's only played a couple games, but you know, look Wilson, the way he filled in for Curse. If you know, you these guys played key roles. But if you vote for anybody other than Micah Parsons, you're probably going to look like a fool. <laughs> but I want to identify others on that defense that have clearly stepped up and made plays when they had to. But we'll both say Micah Parsons is defensive player of the year. So we're going to give our runner-up. Who's your runner-up to Micah? I think the guy I mentioned, I love what Tank Lawrence has done. I really, really do. I think that when you start to talk about consistency throughout, and you mentioned consistency when you said Terrence Steele, mm-hmm. but look who's played the run and the pass, I think, equally well as a rusher and as a run defender. Ike Tank has done a tremendous job with that. You could also vote for, for Dix and what he's been able to do uh, playing, but I'm going to give my vote to, uh, to, uh, to Demarcus Lawrence because I think he's been one of the most consistent players you have on the defense. I think this team's past defense has been really, really good. And a big part of that is Trayvon Diggs has matured and, and progressed into being a, a really strong cornerback who doesn't just take the ball away, but somebody who, who plays with patience now, uh, you know, he seems to play with a lot more discipline. Uh, I know Dan Quinn has talked about that, praised him for that in recent weeks. So my runner up is Trayvon Diggs, but I do like not only that you say tank Lawrence there, I like the other name that you threw out while we were talking there. Donovan Wilson has been really big for this team, yeah. especially when they've been without J. Ron Curse for some periods of time. Uh, I, I think Donovan Wilson has been absolutely huge for them. Yeah, Bobby, and you know, the way you live out there with the team out there at the Star, yep. and you're around Dan Quinn and others quite a bit, they could not say enough things about nice things about Curse and yeah. how big of a loss that was, and Curse not available. And this is going to hurt us, but Donovan Wilson came in there and didn't miss a beat and playing that role of that sub package linebacker and playing it well and showing range in games and showing ability to tackle. Yeah, he wasn't always perfect. Like we've seen Curse be perfect as a tackler, but I'll tell you what, they were nervous about Curse being out of the lineup. Donovan Wilson stepped up big time for them in those games. Yeah, Dan Quinn compared it to, since it was the same in the first week, he compared it to, we kind of lost our quarterback on defense. Right, we lost right. Jay Ron Curse. Right. And so he he compared him to, like, the loss of Dak for them on that side of the ball. And so uh, that, that was very much high praise. We look at the rookie class now, the Cowboys rookie of the year through the first half. We, we got a few candidates. You got Tyler Smith. You've got Sam Williams. Jalen Tolbert has been a disappointment. Um, you've got Jake Ferguson. Deron Bland has contributed. Uh, who is your rookie of the year for the Cowboys in the first half of the season? I think it has to be Tyler Smith. I mean, there was so much uncertainty about him coming into like, you know, after that, that, uh, you know, after Tyron Smith went down, it was like, okay, well, who's going to play left tackle? Who is going to be that guy? And Tyler Smith, even though he played it at Tulsa, he was a guard. We, you know, at training camp, you know, Bobby, you and I sat there along the fence and we watched him play guard and we watched him battle with Connor McGovern at, at guard. And, you know, it, he never took really any reps that I saw at left tackle. Right. And then all of a sudden he's now your starting left tackle to the point 
where you're going to get likely get Tyron Smith back uh, practicing after Indianapolis, or at least starting to, and then getting reps in the Jacksonville game. That's kind of the timeline, and I know we're going to have some Stephen Jones discussion. Yep. But if you want to look for a timeline, you know, Tyron Smith, you could squint and see Tyron Smith in the future. You, you, there wasn't a time for that. But I think that what Tyler Smith has done at left tackle has been huge. I Real quick, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, go ahead. But but the combination of the two tight ends. To yep. the, you know, I mean, there have been games where Dalton Schultz has not been very good. No. You know, because of injury and problems like that. And Those, chemistry with the backup quarterback. Horrible. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, uh, with with uh, with the way that they played, I, I think it's amazing that those two tight ends, to the point where you're like, now with Schultz, and heck, they ran a package last week when you watched the All-22, where they put CeeDee Lamb in the backfield and just attacked like in 13 personnel. Yeah. They just said, you know what? You can't, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make you put your heavy guys on the field, and we're not gonna let you get those guys off the field. We're gonna just keep attacking you and screens, spot routes, whatever they had to do to get the ball, those tight ends, they were able to do. But my my guy just going back, circling back. I'm always long-winded, but Tyler Smith is my guy. Yeah. The Angie's list you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. So... Uh, it's interesting that uh, you throw out Tyler Smith because I think that that's uh, the the right answer um, because of of everything that was going on with the instability there. Um, but I, I want to make it a little interesting, so I want to vote for. I, I'm going to take somebody opposite from who you pick. So if you take my pick, I'm I'm going to go another direction so we get some shine here. So to me, if you want to say who has played the best when given their opportunities, who is say bland, go ahead and say Ron, bland. Ron Bland's the rookie of the year. Yeah. If he, I, yeah. Because Ron Bland in two starts has been, has played the highest level at his position when asked to step in. I know it's been for a fewer amount of snaps, but the two games he's asked to play, he's been a difference maker. He's made big plays. He's played really, really well. And so for me, I'm going to go Deron bland as my rookie of the year. And and I think you make good points about Ferguson and Hendershot. I, I'm I I hate that I didn't even mention Hendershot in the little lead up here. I, I should have, uh, but just, I was thinking draft class. But um, you know they've gotten good contributions at times from Sam Williams. They've gotten good contributions uh, from Jake Ferguson, Hendershot. Uh, but I think when you look at who has played at the highest level on a like you know pound for pound, snap for snap basis, it's been Deron Bland to me. Well, um, I, I don't think you're. I don't. I tell you what. I it's when when you. I knew what you were going to do, and you're absolutely right. And to play the position of slot corner, that's not easy in the National Football League. They put those guys in the slot, and all of a sudden you got to carry the whole field. And I thought initially that it was a little bit of shakiness with the tackle stuff, but all of a sudden he kind of found his way in the Commanders game. Got a key interception in that game, and then you look at what he was able to do. You know, last week in that game, I'll tell you what, though, I, I don't think you're wrong about that. And I I could see that kid 
only getting better. There, yeah. you, you need to find a way to keep him on the field as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, three more categories here for you really quickly. Uh, assistant coach of the year. Obviously, like we we have only one head coach, so uh, we, we we don't have necessarily coach here. But if you look at assistant coach of the year, um, and, and if you want to make it a little more interesting, not necessarily pick a coordinator and, and, and pick an actual position coach, I think there are several to pick from. You've got Lunda Wells, uh, who's done a great job with the tight ends. Uh, you've got uh, Joe Philbin, who deserves a lot of credit, I think, for the stability that he's provided there. Uh, by the way, public service announcement that I need to get out here. We've all been saying the defensive line coach's name wrong. I I, I know we were saying it's dirty, isn't it? Isn't it? It's dirty. It's dirty. dirty. As well. But we've got the first name wrong. His name is not Aiden. Joe, oh, no. Joe Trahan from Cowboys PR told Jane Slater and I we were floored. It's Adden. So it's Adden Dirty is his name. Adden so, Dirty. Okay. Adden. And, and Jane Slater went up to him and said, why haven't you told us we got it wrong? He said, uh, he's like, you know, with my British accent, people, it already kind of sounds like Aiden when I say it. And so I just don't correct people, but Adam it is dirty. I, I knew, I knew we had the back end of it. Right. But uh, I, yeah, added, adding dirty. So there you go. But, uh, Brian, your, uh, coach of the year could be a coordinator and assistant coach, but, but who's your guy? Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, man, I, another guy that I've kind of thrown a lot of dirt on is, uh, is Joe Philbin, you know, and, and this offensive line. Now I will say this. AD, I will say that AD, you know, on defense, you look at what they've done with pass rush and all that stuff, but man, there were a, I mean, there were a ton of questions again about this offensive line. How could they play with this tackle? What were they going to do at left guard? Man, the center looks a little shaky to me. The right guard's a hall of famer. What's going on at right tackle? There were a lot of questions. You know, this team is six and two, you know, they didn't score a lot of points, but they didn't do anything to get Cooper Rush killed in games. You know, yeah. they didn't they didn't give up sacks in the Philadelphia. I mean, the turnovers were bad, but they 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 did their job. And I think that Joe Philbin deserves some credit for that. And I I man, I have ridden the roller coaster on Joe Philbin. I have completely ridden the roller coaster on him. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. Yeah. So I, I would say I would say uh, I'd say Durdy is second, but Joe Philbin, a uh, tip of the cap to you what you did with this offensive line. All right, so I'm going to go Lunda Wells because we have talked about the two rookies. Oh, the tight ends have been great. Yeah, that they made. Yeah, I think he's done a great job with that group. He's helped bring Sean McEwen along the last couple of years, and and that's a guy that they really like. Now he's built a really strong tight end room with a, a group that didn't have a lot of like heavy capital invested in it, um, and has just done a great job to have these guys prepared. So I'll go Lunda Wells since you took Joe Philbin. I think Joe Philbin's a great answer too, as is Adam Dirty. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's Add and good. dirty, add and dirty. I got to remember Add that. Dirty. We'll, we'll get, uh, Doug Nussmeyer's done a great job with Cooper yeah, Rush. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so now we'll go with the final one here in the last couple of minutes before we wrap this segment. Most surprising player, Brian brought us. It, it's gotta be Cooper Rush. Cause I thought there was no way in hell. I'm sitting there and thinking Will Greer's a better option right now. Yeah. Me too. I mean, coming out of camp, I'm going, you know, Will Greer was injured. He didn't get a play. And I believe it was the Denver game. In the preseason, you know, he played against the Chargers. It didn't really kind of move the needle. But for what they were trying to do on offense, I kind of felt like that Will Greer was going to be that guy. But no, they stuck with they stuck with Cooper Rush. He was four and one. How could you not 
How could you not be surprised of that? The yep. fact that they did not – that this team could have died, and he didn't let it happen. He, he did everything in his power to play to his ability, play to his strengths. You know, at the, at the game against Philly was a, was a difficult game. But I'll tell you what, to be 4-1 and one, when we all were, like, talking about when does the draft show start after week one, give Cooper Rush the credit right there. Yeah, helped keep this team alive. Didn't hurt him um, because if you if you had a quarterback that was going to hurt you, uh, you were going to lose football games because you you won some close ones. So so that yeah. matters there. Is I thought him? yeah. I also uh, Noah Brown is another one. Yes, Noah yes. Brown. Noah, Noah Brown. Yeah, Noah Brown. Now you're you were struggling. You know you're sitting there thinking, okay, what are they going to do since Michael Gallup's out? Yeah, Noah Brown has come up big in some games. He. Like we always he, say won, he won them the Cincinnati, Cincinnati game. Cincinnati game, no question about it. Five targets, five catches. Every one of them was huge. It was huge. either a third down reception or a fourth down reception. Absolutely. So, and, uh, and he's a guy who consistently was always a training camp superstar. So even though he played well in training camp, I was like, all right, that doesn't matter to me. We're going to get to the regular season and, and it's going to be the same old story. And he proved a lot of us wrong here. So I think those are two good names. Cooper Rush, Noah Brown. So, again, so that we don't have any overlap, I'm going to pick a different name. Come out of left field with you on this one. Uh, or instead of left field, come out of left guard. Connor McGovern. I was ready yeah. to throw dirt on Connor McGovern, and that was a guy who they were doing, you know, everybody was trying to do everything they could to replace him, whether it be with Tyler Smith, and then when Tyler Smith bounces out to left tackle, trying to replace him with Jason Peters. And he's been really good for the most part. He's been banged up. He's had the ankle issue. But he's been a really good football player for them and, and I think been really solid left guard and helped Tyler Biotish as he's come along too. How about Fowler? Were you surprised? Sure. Fowler? I, I, I always thought Fowler had it in him, though, to, to be a situational pass rusher. We've seen yeah. it before. And so to me, I thought he always had that potential. And and just what we knew about Dan Quinn and how he was able to get the sure. most out of guys, I, I didn't know. This is something that, let's be honest here, the offensive line coach would have loved to have gotten rid of Connor McGovern. Like, like before this year. And so the, the fact that he's been able to survive and thrive, I think is a big deal. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.